0: Hello, this is Pastor Nick Hood. Today, we're looking at uh, 1 Samuel chapter 6, which talks about the return of the Ark of the Covenant back to the Israelites after losing a battle. And then uh, we will go from 1 Samuel 6 to the uh, ninth chapter of Acts, where the Apostle Paul converts to Christianity. Uh, He was there at the stoning of Stephen, the first Christian martyr, in chapter 8. And then, one chapter later, uh, we see that Paul actually converts to the Christian faith. And then we'll wrap it all up with a couple of uh, Proverbs from the 21st uh, chapter of the book of Proverbs. So first, from 1 Samuel chapter 6. The Ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months. Then the Philistines called for the priest and the diviners and said, What shall we do with the Ark of the Lord? Tell us what we shall send with it to its place. They said, If you send away the Ark of the God of Israel, do not send it empty, but by all means return him a guilt offering. Then you will be healed and will be ransomed. Will not his hand then turn from you? And they said, What is the guilt offering that we shall return to him? They answered, Five gold tumors and five gold mice, according to the number of the lords of the Philistines. For the same plague was upon all of you and upon your lords. So you must make images of your tumors and images of your mice that ravage the land and give glory to the God of Israel. Perhaps he will lighten his hand on you, and your gods, and your lamb. Why should you harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts? After he had made fools of them, did they not let the people go, and they departed? Now then, get ready a new cart, and two milk cows that have never borne a yoke, and yoke the cows to the cart but take the calves home away from them. Take the ark of the Lord and place it on the cart and put it in a box at its side, the figures of gold, which you are returning to him as a guilt offering. Then send it off and let it go its way and watch. If it goes up on the way to its own land to Beth Shemesh, Then it is he who has done this great harm. But if not, then we shall know that it is not his hand that struck us. It happened to us by chance. The men did so. They took two milk cows and yoked them to the cart and shut up their calves at home. They put the ark of the Lord on the cart and the box with the gold mice and the images of their tumors. The cows went straight in the direction of Beth Shemesh, along one highway, lowing as they went, they turned neither to the right nor to the left, and the lords of the Philistines went after them as far as the border of Beth Shemesh. Now the people of Beth Shemesh were reaping their wheat harvests in the valley. When they looked up and saw the ark, they went with rejoicing to meet it. The cart came into the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh and stopped there. A large stone was there, so they split up the wood of the cart and offered the cows as a burnt offering to the Lord. The Levites took down the ark of the Lord and the box that was beside it, in which were the gold objects, and set them upon the large stone. Then the people of Beth Shemesh offered burnt offerings and presented sacrifices on that day to the Lord. When the five lords of the Philistines saw it, they returned that day to Ekron. These are the gold tumors which the Philistines returned as a guilt offering to the Lord. One for Ashdod, one for Gaza, one for Ashkelon, one for Gath, One for Ekron. Also, the gold mice, according to the number of all the cities of the Philistines, belonging to the five lords, both fortified cities and unwalled villages. The great stone beside which they set down the ark of the Lord is a witness to this day in the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh. The descendants of Jeconi did not rejoice with the people of Beth Shemesh, when they greeted the ark of the Lord, and he killed seventy men of them. The people mourned because the Lord had made a great slaughter among the people. Then the people of Beth Shemesh said, Who is able to stand before the Lord, this holy God? To whom shall he go, so that we may be rid of him? So they sent messengers to the inhabitants of Kiriath, Jeremiah saying the Philistines have returned the ark of the Lord come down and take it up to you thus we end the sixth chapter of 1st Samuel now we turn our attention to Acts chapter 9 and this is where the apostle Paul converts uh, to Christianity he goes from being a persecutor of the faith to a promoter of the faith. And it reads, Meanwhile Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. He answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself, I myself, will show him how much he must suffer For the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on your way here has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. For several days he was with the disciples in Damascus, and immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem among those who invoked this name? And has he not come here for the purpose of bringing them bound before the chief priests? Saul became increasingly more powerful and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Messiah. After some time had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul. They were watching the gates day and night so that they might kill him, but his disciples took him by night And led him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. When he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples, and they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him, brought him to the apostles, and described for them how on the road he had seen the Lord who had spoken to him, and how in Damascus he had spoken boldly in the name of Jesus." So he went in and out among them in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He spoke and argued with the Hellenists, but they were attempting to kill him. When the believers learned of it, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. Meanwhile, the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was built up. Living in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. Now, as Peter went here and there among all the believers, he came down also to the saints living in Lydda. Remember now, now, we've moved from Paul to Peter. There he found a man named Aeneas who had been bedridden for eight years for he was paralyzed. Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your bed. And immediately he got up and all the residents of Lydda, Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. Now in Joppa, there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was devoted to good works and acts of charity. At that time, she became ill and died. When they had washed her they laid her in a room upstairs. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples who heard that Peter was there sent two men to him with a request, Please come to us without delay. So Peter got up and went with them, and when he arrived, they took him to the room upstairs. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter put all of them outside, and he knelt down and prayed. Then he turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. Then she opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand, and he helped her up. Then calling the saints and the widows, he showed her to be alive. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Meanwhile, he stayed in Joppa for some time, with a certain Simon, a tanner. I'd like to uh, wind up this reading with a couple of verses from the book of Proverbs, chapter 21, beginning at verse 6. The treasures, the getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor and a snare of death. The violence of the wicked will sweep them away because they refuse to do what is just. Let's take a few questions for reflection. Number one, what are your thoughts regarding the return of the Ark of the Covenant to the Israelites? Two, what do the golden mice and golden tumors tell you about the faith of the Philistines? Three, what are your thoughts about the conversion of Paul? Four, What do you think about the role that Ananias plays in the conversion of Paul? Five, is there anything or anyone you can think of who is like a modern day Ananias? Let me take a pause break here about Ananias. He has always fascinated me in that Ananias surely is a very spiritual person. He is on a conversational basis with God. And it is God who tells Ananias, uh, to go and, and to lay his hands on Paul that his sight might come back. And Ananias wants to argue with God. And I just wonder how many people, if they had the blessing of Ananias, the favor of Ananias, to be on a conversational basis with God, to actually, you know, uh, to tell God you didn't want to do what God wanted you to do. And so I come back to my question. Is there anything or anyone you can think of who is like a modern day Ananias? Number six, what do you think it says about Peter that he went to live in the home of Simon the Tanner, maybe for a couple of years? Uh, Let me add a little uh, insight to this. It says simply, Peter went to the home of Simon the Tanner. But the tanners, my friends, were people who, you know, they skinned the animals uh, and, and uh, prepared the animals, uh, dead animals. And so a good upstanding Jew would not want to be near a tanner because there would be blood uh, from the, you know, the deceased animals uh, and handling the skins but Peter goes to live with Simon the Tanner. And uh, I want you to think about that. Uh, number seven, what do you think about Peter healing Dorcas? Really bringing her back to life. And number eight, what do you think the healing of Dorcas did for the first century church? So there's a whole lot in uh, these two chapters from First Samuel chapter 6 and from chapter 9 of the book of Acts. I hope it's been a blessing to you. I'd like to lead us now in a word of prayer based on what we have just read. Lord, open my eyes that I might see you. Open my ears that I might hear you. Open my heart that I might feel you. Bless me today in your name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This is Pastor Nick Hood, pastor and senior minister, of the Plymouth United Church of Christ, which is located in the heart of Detroit and at the tip-top of the Medical Center area in Detroit. Our street address is 600 East Warren Avenue, and I'd love to see you. We worship on Sundays at 8.30 and 11 in the morning. We also worship on Wednesdays at noon. Until tomorrow or the next time, God bless.